Hey friends, before we get cranking with today's podcast, I want to make sure that you know that we coach leaders. Now we say it from time to time here on the podcast, but let me be really clear. This is the biggest area of growth we are watching in leaders is through our coaching process. It's often 10 tools and 10 sessions, but we also have subscription coaching. We've made it more affordable in this season. If you feel like you are struggling to see ahead in the fog, if you feel like you are overwhelmed, you don't know what your next step is, you're hitting an obstacle, you're hitting a barrier, you're feeling stuck, any of that language resonates, you need coaching. Now, coaching is different from mentoring and it's different from friendship and it's different from counseling. It's a really unique niche that helps you clarify your next step, take your next step, and have some accountability with somebody else asking you if you did those things. We are seeing some crazy results, business leaders, church leaders, and nonprofit leaders. One of the best ways to learn about this is actually by just reading reviews that we have over on our Facebook page. So I wanted to read a review today. This is from Nathaniel. He's a business owner, and he says, I've had the pleasure of being coached and led by Stay Fort Designs, and I truly feel I gained more perspective than I have ever before about my business. I recommend Stay Forward to anyone looking to have clarity, focus, and just an overall better understanding of their leadership or their ownership role. I am truly grateful. Nathaniel, it has been a joy to work with you. That's incredible. Congratulations on your growth and your clarity. This is a hard time to lead folks, and we wanna make sure that you know you have someone in your corner that can help you strategically take your next right steps. If you're interested in coaching, if you're feeling like you're in a fog, if you desire clarity or are feeling overwhelmed right now, don't delay guys. We have coaches all over the country who would love to have a free breakthrough session with you. That's right. The first 90 minute session is free. We have a breakthrough session where you get in there, we dig around a little bit, we see what we can clarify and how you can take your next right step today to go to the next level. If you're interested, go ahead and head on over to stayforth.com. You can click on our coaching tab and see the different types of coaching that we offer. And then you can also head on over to our team tab and our network tab to see who our coaches are across the country. I believe in our coaches. These are some amazing leaders. They're practitioners. We don't lead from some high and mighty throne or stage. We are in the trenches with you trying to live and lead as God has designed us as well. And guys, one thing I can say is that coaching is changing lives. It's working. It's clarifying. We're seeing overwhelm and anxiety melt in to next steps, to clarity, and ultimately to execution. Head on over to stayforth.com backslash coaching to see how you can grow in this next season. And now, on to the podcast. Brooke, it's so great to have you here at the summit. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm so grateful for Barna. And so I just want to thank you and your team. You guys do incredible research that I grab and utilize and hopefully apply correctly whenever I can. Um, Can you share a little bit of background about how you guys have been approaching research this year? Yes. So we had started the year thinking we would do a big, the state of the church in 2020, looking back at some trends over the last 20 to 25 years of faith in America. And we did do that. That was um, very interesting. And it revealed some cracks in our engagement with church. But the moment uh, things began to bubble up with this pandemic in March, we quickly realized that pastors needed to 
get some really fast feedback. Um, and it was changing weekly and the scenarios were changing weekly of how they were operating. So we st started conducting weekly surveys with pastors and we've been doing that for six months, um, finding out how they're doing, how their congregation is doing, what they're doing to adapt to this environment at this moment. Um, what suffering, honestly, like where are the gaps um, in the way that they're conducting their ministry and then just understanding how can we help. Um, so I'm going to share some of that data with you all today because I think there's a lot of, um, uh, I, I want to say some bad news in it, but also there's some freedom that I want leaders to feel by looking at, at this. So let me share this with you all. So we've just been tracking, first of all, like I said, how pastors say they are doing. And I want to give you a big caveat on this graph because you'll see those two blue lines. The dark blue is very good and the light blue is good. When pastors say I'm good, that means I'm not so good. <laughs> we know this. Um, man, they put their heart and soul into everything they do. And because they're on mission and because they expect the Lord to show up, they will really just beat their bodies and their hearts and their minds into submission, you know, to be able to do their ministry. Um, so we have, we have kind of come to interpret I'm good as I'm hanging in there. So when we see this number here and you can, you can see it's been teetering a little bit. There were moments where people thought they were going to do better um, early on the pandemic. But right now it's, there's this widening gap of pastors who say about half of them who just say, um, I'm good. And one of the other clues we have to that is how they say their congregation is doing. Um, so how much has COVID affected the overall well-being of their church? We asked it in the beginning, and then we asked it again recently. And we have quite a few churches saying a lot, which you see here in red. Um, we have about 20% saying that, and then uh, close to 60 to sometimes 70% would say some. Um, so it's really affecting the people in their church. Usually that's in their kind of mental health, their emotional stability. But this is really the indicator for me. How confident do you think that your church will survive? Um, and we've got some pastors here saying, I'm really unsure. 10% approximately saying, I'm unsure. So they're saying they're okay. Um, their congregation has suffered. And I'm not even sure if we're going to survive. But granted, that's 10%. And we do find that that's more common amongst small churches. Those churches have really faced um, challenges with adapting to technology, um, challenges with getting stable financial uh, income coming in. And um, there's some churches that kind of rose to that moment and, and were well-resourced and they adapted really quickly. So they're, they're feeling fine and you can see that in the data. But there's a proportion of churches who are really at risk. And uh, we've been talking about that from the beginning, the need to support those, especially smaller churches and help them through this moment. But let me just double quick, really quickly on um, specific elements of how pastors are doing. So you see here, this, this bar in the middle, this compares to our state of pastor study that we did almost five years ago now, um, which is kind of a, a comparison, a, like a baseline, if you think of it that way. So we have the beginning and then we have this baseline and then we have kind of where we are now. So you can see their spiritual well-being is certainly significantly uh, lower from what we saw in that national study four or five years ago, um, but it's still pretty good. They're doing 
good or average in terms of keeping up with taking care of their spiritual health, with engaging in prayer and reading the word, but they do admit that it's hard. Their physical well-being, we start to see things decline a little bit. Average or below average is starting to creep up in terms of their physical body. How am I feeling? Am I getting rest? Am I getting exercise? How am I just feeling overall? And this is where it starts to really be a little painful, um, the emotional well-being. So you see about half of pastors here say average or below average or poor. And that is concerning. That's where we're really seeing the toll. Um, the emotional toll of COVID has been pretty significant. And uh, it's hard to put your finger on because there's a lot of emotions that feed into that. There's anxiety about the future. There's loneliness, not only because I'm not seeing everyone uh, in my network, but also because I'm preaching to a screen. And that is really hard um, because I'm feeling uncertain about what God is calling me to do in this moment. Uh, and just general sense of lament maybe even depression, that things are the way they are. So some of our commentary we're getting from pastors is uh, admitting to, gosh, I'm, I'm feeling really depressed. I'm struggling with anxiety. I don't know how God wants me to react in this moment. And even most concerningly, some of them are reporting struggling with addictions because of being alone and feeling unsupported and uh, just really distant from God right now. So, uh, it's a struggle, um, is, a, is a very light way of saying it. It's a real struggle right now. And I, I want to say that not to just bring the gloom and doom, but to help pastors feel free to say, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, that's it's so helpful. And honestly, that's what I have seen. That's what I experienced kind of week in, week out with coaching. And so we have, you know, you guys have quantitative research that I deeply trust and, and is incredibly helpful. I go on hunches and then eventually I see, you know, just enough, just really deep qualitative research that says, yes, mm -hmm. we've, yeah. we've got an issue. What I'm hearing is permission, permission to be honest, permission to share with a friend, a spouse, I am not doing so well. And yeah. many times that, that language is shrouded in I'm okay, or I'm fine, but how are you really doing? I mean, for real on, mm -hmm. on heart level, one of the things that I've encouraged leaders to do is just do a heart check. Just call a friend for, you know, yeah. five minutes, 15 minutes, even do a Marco Polo and just be honest, tell the truth. How are you really doing? So I see that as an invitation to tell people, here's how I'm actually doing. I think even your congregation, obviously to be discerning in that, but for people to know you are not an island, you are not invincible. Um, this is a really hard time emotionally. And maybe just even a simple yeah. fact that pastors love people, whether introvert or extrovert. Uh, actually, I've seen studies about 60% uh, introverts and about 40% extroverts. It doesn't matter. We're humans. We need contact. There's a calling that is to people, to humans, and screens just have made it really challenging for all of us. But pastors, we see you, and we know you. We love you. And if, if you're there, and maybe you're gathered in the room right now with a pastor, maybe after this session, you can just stop and pray for them. Mm -hmm. Just encourage them. Um, there's a lot of criticism as well during this time stacked on top of that. So, Brooke, I've, I've heard this whole one in five churches may close. Tell me more about this. Let's yeah. move to the leader. How are churches doing and what should we maybe expect for the next 18 months or so? Yeah. I mean, I think we might have either seen some of those closures or um, it, it might be mitigated a little bit because churches have been able to adapt. 
So that was a number that we found early on back in April when churches like rallied in the first two weeks to try to, you know, organize themselves. And then suddenly the reality hit in that, oh, wait a second, everything has changed. Um, and then they realized, oh my goodness, like we don't know how to track our financial pipeline or we're paying for this huge building um, that we're not using. So now we're upside down on, you know, on that, that part of our financial basis. Um, or our congregants are super struggling. So if you're in an urban area and you've got people who are in um, essential jobs, they are hit really hard right now, or they've had job loss, of course. And so uh, there are, like I showed you, that 10% number of churches that, that are not sure if they're going to make it. Um, it's going to be more than that who actually are not going to make it. And it's not for lack of wanting to or trying to. Um, there's just the reality of we've set structures in place to run church in a certain way. And then when that's all turned upside down, okay, we've got to invest in other resources to make that work. So we're bearing the cost of running a large physical space in some cases, and then also um, adopting to or adopting digital ministries. And so there's cost to that. And yet, um, you know, our, our revenues have declined. Most churches have reported at least a slight drop in their giving over time. Um, and that's a twofold impact. One is that they have congregants who have been impacted financially themselves. So furloughs and job losses um, or just, you know, financial hardships of a variety of sorts. And the other is that some of them are losing members. So we're seeing that people have, uh, while they initially engaged with online church, they have kind of trickled off. About a third of people have begun to trickle off. Either they're doing their own church thing, so they're kind of curating their own spiritual growth, um, or they just completely have disengaged with church because we don't have that physical contact. So it's, it just doesn't feel real. So those are warning signs for churches. And just based on ongoing tracking, we were estimating somewhere between 10 and 20% of churches could actually end up closing as a result of this. If they were already struggling, this often is the thing that just breaks the, the camel's back. Hi, I'm Eric Sanford. I'm one of the coaches with Stay Forth Designs. I can't tell you how many times over the last six to nine months, I've heard a pastor or a ministry leader say, seminary didn't prepare me for this. I think we're all in that boat together. Most of the time, seminary teaches you theology, preaching, philosophy, and maybe even some basic skills of group dynamics. But you're left to learn leadership skills, vision development and casting, how to navigate personal relationships, and how to even nurture and develop your own soul and walk with Jesus by yourself. We've made staff and personal development accessible, digestible, and even memorable. Leadership Unboxed simplifies the complex world of leadership development. For just $37, you can take your staff on a guided monthly journey through the best leadership resources available. So take advantage of our special introductory offer of $37 by visiting leadershipunbox.com today. The price is set to increase on December 10th, so don't delay. Visit Leadership Unboxed today. Sure. Yeah, one thing that I'm finding is kind of a third, a third, a third. Um, you tend to have maybe the, the top third 
who were ready uh, digitally and whose you know giving was strong. Many have adapted and actually leveraged that. Yes. Then there's a group in the middle that's uh, or in that kind of middle third that's stable, continues to you know do what they've done, have had to adapt and pivot, of course, um, but really have implemented some things. Uh, and then you're talking about there's this you know bottom third maybe um, that is is struggling. And so yeah. again, if, if that's you, we, we see you yes. and I can't imagine not having a digital ministry at all and then having to figure it out. Many of, of you actually figured it out on your phones first, or you had yeah. you know, a high schooler in the back, uh, somehow helping through this. So maybe we watched some incredible adapting and pivoting, but man, that's a lot yeah. of change to happen at first. Any other, you know, maybe pressure points, um, that you guys see in your research, Barna, Church Pulse Weekly, um, that we should be paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is worth pointing out those churches that um, are perhaps most at risk. So it's like you mentioned, smaller churches, a lot of church plants have struggled. Many were st- planning to start um, in the spring and oftentimes Easter is a good time to launch. And so that got completely Tough thrown off. And now they're kind of like, what do I do? I don't even know, do I start a church now? Yeah. Um, so there's questions there with with those who had that on their heart to start a new church um, churches that were in decline already, of course, as I mentioned, small churches and urban churches. There was a great campaign uh, that was started in, I believe, April, maybe May, um, called Churches Helping Churches. And so you pointed out your third, third, third is about right. Some churches are doing fine. They're doing great, actually. Um, there's even a few churches who said, if we've managed to cut our cost base because we're not in person and people are still giving the same, we're actually doing better. So we have really called upon those churches to help the ones that are struggling. And so there's this campaign called Churches Helping Churches, or churchrelief.org, um, where many larger churches that were stable were helping out their brethren who were across town who needed support. So that's been a beautiful picture. Um, I think the other piece to really think about with pastors and how they're doing or church leaders of any sort and how they're doing is how are you connecting with your families? What's your relationship? What are your relationships like right now? Um, that stress that you bear in that day-to-day of your work and ministry is going to come out somewhere. And oftentimes that means an alienation or distancing from the ones we love. Um, oftentimes it means we take it out on the ones we love. And um, we're all experiencing these emotions. Uh, I said to someone the other day, I'm, I'm not a touchy-feely person, but Gosh, I miss hugs. I really miss hugs. And we physically need that. We need that chemical release from our body that happens when we grab someone and let go. And we don't have that right now. So that actually affects our mental and emotional capacity way more than we realize. So our emotions um, are a roller coaster and that's coming out in our relationships right now. So we really do think that's important for leaders and really anyone in the church to be watching out for how are my relationships doing? Are we just around each other? Are we really investing in each other? Mm, That's good. Uh, One of the things that I always push people back to is team. And maybe if you feel like you don't have a strong team that could say launch live stream initially that you develop one, um, it's easy to start leading the thing and then continue leading the thing. Um, And so that's a big one that I would encourage, you know, anybody watching or listening, now is the time to lean on team, maybe teaching team, Mm Maybe now COVID becomes the excuse that you say, I can't preach 50 times a year this next year. And so now I believe could be a great time to raise up team. You've got some new needs, especially digitally 
right now and some people that can step up um, to that. Any other recommendations um, that you would have, Brooke, personally, or that you're just seeing from the research that could be really helpful uh, to help leaders live and lead strong right now? Yeah. I mean, I think along the lines of what you suggested, it's like people's expectations are really changed right now. Um, many churches are really careful about, we want to do this so professionally. It's got to look polished. That isn't the standard in, in many ways so much, uh, right now, because people are really forgiving. We're all on zoom calls in our pajamas, you know, <laughs> so people's expectations of what this looks like, um, are really different. So it's a great opportunity to, and, and freedom to be able to experiment, try mm. new things. Like you said, try changing up your, your teaching model. Um, try changing up the formats that you're using. Don't feel like you try to, a thing so you're going to have to stick with it. Like every month you might try something new and say, hey, this is an experiment. Let's see how it goes. And then give us your feedback. So we really encourage two things. One is that willingness to try and experiment. And then two is asking for feedback because you're going to have to go out of your way to get that feedback from your church. Uh, we actually launched a tool earlier this year that allowed pastors to quickly survey their church about, you know, very light topics. How are you doing? Um, and that was before the pandemic. So we saw a lot of churches using that in the pandemic to just check in because you don't have time to call all 300 members of your church. But you do want to hear how everyone's doing and if there's any red flags. Right. So um use some tools for feedback, use some mass tools for feedback, or use some phone chains or whatever it may be. Leverage your members to get engaged. They want to be called upon to get engaged. They need something to do to serve because they're not doing the normal things. Um, so use this opportunity to just try completely new models. Just rethink whatever your assumptions were of how our church operates. Um, this is a great moment to to kind of get back to the roots of it. I, I really see as God just ripping up all of our human structures and saying, hey, lean on me, lean on me. And so this is a great chance to just wipe away all the extras and lean in. That's a good word. I mean, I think if there are legacy ministries that weren't bearing fruit, we've never had a better excuse to at least hit pause, if not say, yes. we're done with that. If there were things yes. that were physically happening uh, in the building, that you thought, ah, I don't know that this is the best use of our space, our time, our energy, our money. It is a great time to experiment and reevaluate. So I love, I love that you're saying that freedom and permission. Mm -hmm. And I have watched the level of excellence in many ways go down, the level of authenticity go up. And, exactly. You know, even even uh, Zoom calling and seeing, oh, here's somebody who's preaching from their living room. A kid's going to run by at some point, right? I got four kids. My house is loud. So I, I've actually really appreciated the authenticity now as we've really come down from the stage almost to our couch or to our kitchen table in many yeah. ways. I'm just so grateful for you, Brooke, for Barna. You guys, over 30 years of helping the church um, not have to go on hunches. You guys go out mm -hmm. and, and get the best research out there for the church. So grateful mm -hmm. for that. For somebody that really does want to track along with the right stats and not just go on hunches, um, where can folks go? What are some of the resources you guys are offering right now that could be really helpful uh, to, to church and ministry leaders? Great question. So our Barna.com website has access to all the different studies that we're doing and we'll do weekly reports of um, something that we've been watching or tracking trends. Um, but also there's a new podcast that David Kinnaman started with Carrie Newhoff earlier this year. Uh, again, after the pandemic um, 
broke out and, and we just needed to touch base with pastors and deal with their ongoing issues. So Church Pulse Weekly um, is their podcast. And then we take those interviews and we will kind of transcribe them on our website as well. So tap in with one of those resources, um, learn from other pastors and their experience in the field, um, and also this ongoing data tracking that we're doing. Awesome. Well, on behalf of our team at Stay Forth and the team at Compassion, thanks so much for your work, but also for, for bringing those facts and figures here to the summit. Thanks. Appreciate you having me.